This week's podcast brought to you by Blurbs. You're away a lot this month. This is our annual March Madness month of melting meats where you might go to the studio for 12 hours but first put in a uh, chicken in a crock pot for instance so that we can have dinner it's a loving gesture and we appreciate it but i'm wondering if i should be marginally offended because yesterday for instance i said um, before you went off to your job should i prepare dinner should i buy something for dinner and you said no there's chicken in the crock pot sure enough there was chicken melting in the crock pot there's 10 minute rice in the stovetop and there was an envelope in a pot on the stovetop full of rice just add water and broccoli in the microwave all you have to do is press four and i forgot to put the broccoli in the microwave did you press four well i I wanted to ask you which one is four has no pain no gain and we found that to be fact the road might twist and turn a bit but we all arrive intact mr mom and mrs dad having each other's back day by day just to keep it sane who's the ball and who's the chain it's hard to tell right here on happiness lane i've been doing a lot of commuting for my job lately. This past weekend, I was calling games in the Albany Regional, and on the off days, I was doing stuff in Bristol. So I was making trips back and forth from our house to Albany. Albany, actually, from us is not far. It's about an hour and a half drive. But because there was it was such a busy weekend, I was driven to the Albany. I did not make the drive myself. You say that with an air of surprise and wonder, as in, why don't we take greater advantage of our proximity to Albany? Well, actually, after spending a few days in Albany, in particular a Sunday where everything's shut down, I I won't be saying, why don't we spend more time in Albany? It was a fine city while we were there, but... um, A lovely host for the regional. A lovely host for the regional, yes. And we've Um, had many a good time at AAU tournaments in the greater Albany region. Yes, we have. In the summertime. Uh, Yes, we have, actually. So uh, my first drive there... I was picked up and uh, the guy was driving a car that had a built-in GPS. He wasn't using Waze or an app on his phone. It was the GPS that was built into the car. So I could see, I could see the GPS and he left our house and within the first mile he made multiple wrong turns. And um, my favorite part of that was he said, uh, so much for a GPS, huh? Meanwhile, I was looking at the GPS and the GPS was telling him exactly the right way to go. <laughs> he just didn't know how to read the GPS. So it wasn't so much for the GPS, huh? It was so much for your ability <laughs> to read the GPS. Should we should we break in here with a Uber Confessions theme? This sounds like it's building to an Uber Confessions. Uh, I think it, should, it is a good time for an Uber Confessions theme. He drives part-time, it's not his chosen profession, but it gives him a chance to share his life's lessons. It's time for the segment we call Uber Confessions. The driver was very pleasant, very nice, enjoyed the trip. Uh, once we got past the, the early navigation issues, it was great. So then came home after the games really late Friday night, Saturday, I was in studio all day. And then Sunday morning early, I was going back to Albany for the games. And this time I was picked up uh, by a different driver. Once again, a really pleasant guy. 
But the drive from where we are to Albany, there's not much to look at. I mean, it's a beautiful drive. It's through the mountains, but there's not a lot of traffic. There's there's not a lot you get, going around around you. You get on the Mass Pike. Yes, and you go west. You go west. You go opposite the way. James Taylor seems to come up all the time on this podcast. You go opposite the way James Taylor did when he went on the turnpike from Stockbridge to Boston. There you go. Exactly. It's it's the other direction. And again, it was early in the morning and I was doing work in the back of the car. And uh, at one point, well, first of all, the driver had the music playing the whole time, including when I was on a phone call. He, um, he had the music playing pretty loudly, but whatever, I don't care. He's driving. The most important thing is that he is comfortable to get us there safely to Albany. Is he fully reclined so that you're sort of in the Acting as the dentist with a patient in the dental chair? No, weirdly. Well, I, I wasn't sitting behind him. I was on the other side. And he wasn't that short, but I did notice he had his seat pulled really far up so that his belly was almost touching the steering wheel. You know, some some drivers are more comfortable that way. And he did have a, a knack for adjusting the, his, the back uh, incline um, every, I don't know, 20 minutes, he would adjust the incline of the back of his seat, which is a little weird. Did he have a beaded lumbar pillow? <laughs> no, but it was the kind of car that looked like he should. But my favorite part of the drive, this was maybe a half hour in. It's 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> and as he's, he's singing, um, he starts slapping each side of his face, slapping his cheeks as if that was going to keep him awake. So the the confidence that I had as I'm sitting in the back of the car while he's slapping his cheeks, and then um, and then the other thing he did while we were driving was um, he was he would switch the channels, you know, from easy listening to whatever. And at one point he had jazz on, and and he was driving with his left hand, and with his right hand he was conducting, like he was conducting the. Uh, you know the jazz band. So anyway, I, I he was he was a nice guy. He drove me home after the game too, and I liked him a lot. Um, but it was funny because he had these quirks, in particular, <laughs> slapping his cheeks to stay awake. And he thirty minutes into the now ninety minute drive, and he bought a ticket and attended the game. I mean, how about while that? So so he did. He uh, so he taught he was he talked to me as he was dropping me off, and that's when he let me know that he was also picking me up. So he dropped me off about. 8.30 in the morning. The game was at noon. It wasn't going to end till 2. And I just said to him, I said, oh, are you, are you, are you staying in Albany? This was the UConn-Louisville game. UConn-Louisville game, yeah, the, the Eastern Regional Final. And uh, and he said, yeah. He said, uh, if there's any seats, I, I'm going to buy myself a ticket. And if I had a ticket, I would have gladly given it to him, but I didn't have a ticket or access to tickets. So uh, he told me after, after the game when he picked me up that he stayed. He left with like a minute to go. And I think UConn was up 10 or something. But of course, in that last minute, there were turnovers, fouls. Louisville ended up cutting it to four. So that last minute took a long time. And, and afterwards, he said, I can't believe I left and all that exciting stuff happened. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, again, I, I enjoyed him. He was nice. We, we got where we needed to go very safely. I did not feel unsafe except during the cheek slapping. <laughs> but you buried the lead. You texted me on your first trip to Albany halfway there that you had left your wallet at home. Yes, I did do that. And I, that that was possibly going to be an issue. Was it an issue? It was not an issue at all. I, um, I, I, that's the first time I've done that. But uh, my wallet was not in my backpack. I did have a credit card because I have the ball and chain phone wallet on the back of my phone. And so I had my credit card in there, but not my license. And fortunately, because I wasn't driving because I didn't have a license. And when I checked into the hotel, I don't remember why I needed this. But a while ago, I I needed to send a picture of my driver's license somewhere. So I found a picture of my driver's license in my phone. And so when I checked into the hotel, 
I was able to show them that. And I had my credit card for incidental. So it was really all I needed. Well, when I got that text from you, I happened to be in the presence of Sue Bird and Shanae Agumake. As, as happens. As happens in Connecticut. <laughs> and, and, I, and I told them that you were halfway to Albany without your wallet. They had both experienced the same thing, being on the road without their wallets. And I said, I asked them if they just pointed to their faces when they required ID at, at an arena or, or a hotel. And Sue said, no, she actually, worse, Googled herself and held her phone up next to her face. <laughs> now, she's the rare person who could forget her credit card and, and just YouTube her American Express commercial. <laughs> right, right, ID. exactly. Number 10. Number 10. Number 10. Number 10. Come on. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? That's it. That's it. Woo. Here we go. And Shanae Number said, 10, number 10. Yes. If people at home have not seen the American Express commercial with Sue Bird, please Google it. It's like at least 10 years old, but it's phenomenal. And Shanae said something along the lines of, this is the name that I would I would make up. Have you seen a lot of other Shanae Wumakes out there? So Well, I can, I can remember, um, this makes me think, there was one time when I was in college, and I don't know, and I, I was a senior, I was 21, and I don't know if I lost or misplaced my license. I don't know where my license was, but we went out to, um, Jen Rosati and I went out one night to the bar, the Upper Deck, it was called back then, and I didn't have a license. And I can't believe this. This must have been Jen's idea. I would not have come up with this on my own. I brought our media guide, which not only had my picture, but my birthday. <laughs> and they let me in. You brought your media guide. <laughs> I brought a UConn did, Women's Basketball Media you... Guide <laughs> to show them proof of my birthday. Weirdly, in Connecticut, the UConn Women's Basketball Media Guide is a legal form of identification <laughs> at, at airports, bars, yes, yes. And, motor, and the Department of Motor Vehicles. There you go. Yeah, all of those things. So uh, so anyway, yeah, it, luckily, if I'd been flying somewhere, I obviously would have had much, much bigger issues, but I was not, so I did not. So, well, you just happened to be hanging out with Shanae Gumake and, and Sue Bird. Do you want to explain why? <laughs> well, you, you explain why. I was just there as, as a chaperone. Uh, well, the WNBA draft is coming up. Um, it's It'll be six days, or actually an, exactly a week from when this podcast comes out. The WNBA draft is on Wednesday, April 10th. And uh, and at the beginning of the show, um, when we come on air on ESPN, there's something called the tease. And it's just, you know, the stuff that, that leads into the show. And uh, I think the idea for the tease um, I don't want to give it all away, but it involves younger girls uh, watching WNBA players or college players. And uh, our producer asked me if our daughters would want to be a part of it. So they absolutely did. And their friends. And their friends, yeah. Their basketball playing friends. And so I, I was going to Albany. So you brought them to ESPN, and that's where you saw but, Shanae but, and Sue. But more importantly, on my way, just short of uh, driving onto the ESPN lot, I passed the driving range with the giant cow. So you saw what I was talking well, about. Well, I, I passed that driving range a hundred times, but I never noticed the cow in the field. And it was out there outstanding in the field. Yes. Yeah. So I'm glad you got to experience that. That's the, that, if that, that was the most memorable part of your day. Well, you of course weren't there because you were in Albany. And uh, therefore I had last week, this week, and this coming week, the opportunity that I don't get in the rest of the year to go to the grocery store on my, on my own, to do my own grocery shopping. You don't allow me to do it 
when you're in town, but you have no choice but to allow me to do it when you're out of town. I wouldn't say I don't allow you to do it. I would say this. I can't stand being at a grocery store with you. It's not a pleasant experience. I don't enjoy that. But if you ever said, make a list and I will go do the grocery shopping, I would be more than happy to allow you to do that. You're absolutely right. It's not a pleasant experience to be at the grocery store with with myself, including when I'm by myself. And... uh, you know, I know I'm free to just wander the aisles of the grocery store without buying anything, even when you're in town, but I, I don't do that. So I went grocery shopping this week, and I had a full cart. I won't divulge what was in that cart, and the kids are sworn to secrecy, but I had a full cart, and there were two lines open at the uh, at the grocery store. You had a full cart? Uh, I had the big cart, and there was a lot of stuff in it. Okay. And uh, ordinarily, I would carry a basket and just carry, fill it to the brim, and then carry other stuff under my arm, like a, literally carry a loaf of bread like a loaf of bread, like a football. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but in this case, I got the cart. I knew I was going to be all in. And there were two lines, two cashiers' lines open. One had a couple of people with full carts in line, and so did mine. So I, you have to choose one. You have to make your choice. I know I'm going to choose the longer line, the slower line. That's how it goes. But I do. I choose. And... As as my line is about to... And that is one of the reasons I wouldn't go to the grocery. One of the many, but you have a knack for always choosing the wrong it's uncanny. line. It's Whether uncanny. we're paying a toll, wherever we are, you will choose the wrong line. But in this case, and I'd like to know what you think about this. As, as the person ahead of me was having their groceries, their last groceries scanned, there was a woman in front of me with no cart. Is she buying gum off the, off the impulse buy rack? I don't know. But I find out soon enough when the woman in the line next to me with a full cart comes in and takes that lady's spot. She was just placeholding for her friend. The two of them were shopping together. Like you do when you go, you're checking out merchandise at Disney World. You, you, you and I would each go in one line, say, and, and whoever got there first would then bring the kids' stuff in. Like, was I, she, don't, I don't, was I that don't what know. I wouldn't participate in this in this. Scam, but I'm saying for grift. like... Like, you can do that if you're at a concert was, and you're, as our daughter would say, in a merch line. You can't do that at the grocery store. No, this it's was, not this allowed. was This was giving frontsies to the person. Yeah, you can't give frontsies at the grocery store. Bad enough. And I'm, and I'm seething as this happens, but I don't say anything. There are also people behind me with a full cart, senior citizens. They don't say anything. But they, the announcement goes out that they're opening a third checkout line. And the people behind me, the retirees, are first to that line. To the head of that line, so now I've I've gotten you've got given hoses and everywhere you could get hosed. Absolutely, coming and going. See, usually when they open up an, another line at the grocery, you store, would invite the person in front of you. You, you don't even need to do that because usually the 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 person working at the grocery store points to who's Absolutely. next and say, "I'll they take you over an aisle six. They or didn't whatever. do this. So, okay, so, so, so how how did, how did you handle this? I'm, I'm, this is another reason I wouldn't go to the grocery with I, because I, these are I situations it, you don't I did it how handle I handle well. everything. I did it how I handle everything. Just I internalized slow it. Burn. Slow burn. I probably took, I don't know, maybe like two days off my life expectancy. Were you alone or were the kids with you? I, I was alone. You already said this. I was okay. alone. Because um, if the kids were with you, you would start griping to them. And Anyway, so, no, so no, slow I, I burn. Didn't but, but the reason that they opened a third register, it wasn't because... They were opening three registers. They were just switching the, the, the person at the register next to the cashier at the register next to me was moving two registers over to another register because one of the people in that line had, had spilled, had broken a bottle of, of um, what was it? Oh, oil. it was ol- olive oil. oil. It was olive oil. And it was, a, it was like a, a level five hazmat crew had to come out to clean that up. And the guy who was cleaning it up said, 
uh, it was it did not crack the top three worst spillages in his cleanup on IL nine career so far. The, the three worst were, in order, beer. I wouldn't think beer would be awful, other than the smell. But it okay, goes beer. everywhere. Okay. Molasses. Molasses would be horrible. Yeah. And finally, on the conveyor belt, honey. Ooh. Yeah, molasses and honey would both be terrible. I guess probably beer because maybe it sprayed when, when, when they opened the can. It probably sprayed all over. First of all, who buys molasses? And second of all, doesn't honey come in, in plastic containers shaped like a bear? We have a plastic container shaped like a bear upstairs. We also have natural honey in a jar that our good friend Franz sends us. We have molasses upstairs. I've had the same jar of molasses in our pantry since we moved in 14 years ago. I don't, unless you make molasses cookies, I really have no idea what the purpose of molasses is. And if you're buying molasses, I think in a glass jar, you have a responsibility to not fumble it at checkout, don't you think? Yes, I think so. Oh, and I should mention, since we talked last week about chicken and the biscuit, that uh, our friend Dan in Milwaukee sent me a picture from the grocery store, and uh, it was a, of a box of sociables, the crackers. You know the crackers, sociables? Are you I familiar so. with those? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had them? I don't think I have. I mean, I love the name and the, the concept of them. It, it just feels like you're at a cocktail party, dinner party in the 70s, and there are little pieces of ham or something on the sociables cracker, and, and everybody's in a blazer. And they're being sociable. Does that conjure a different picture than chicken in a biscuit? It does. Chicken in a biscuit is going to be a little, uh, little uh, like an overalls. Party. That, that's more maybe in overalls. Yeah, you're watching hee haw, perhaps. Maybe. I don't know if you saw this, but when when I was in Albany at the hotel, I went up to my room, and there was a very different. We've talked about Kleenex origami and toilet paper origami. There was a very different pattern. On the toilet paper, the person had the end of the toilet paper, they'd made a bow out of it. And I don't know if you saw this. I posted it on our Ball and Chain Instagram, which is at Ball and Chain Podcast. It was like a bow tie. They had tied it. Yeah, it looks like a a bow tie. tie. So if you want to see the picture, go to at Ball and Chain Podcast on Instagram. But this is the part that fascinated me. It was was a two-ply bow tie. (laughs) Probably one ply. Yes, at this hotel, it was one ply. So... When I went to when I posted the picture, I put in hashtag toilet paper or and it auto filled. That's an actual hashtag that exists in Instagram is toilet paper origami. I didn't click on it. I didn't look at other people's um, toilet paper origami, but I, I found it interesting that uh, that that was the case. And I mentioned the hotel. This is the same hotel we stayed in last year when we were up in Albany for the regionals as well. And uh, one of the funny things when we were talking about the UConn team, because they were the number two seed, whereas, in, in, you know, they're so accustomed to being the one seed. And we said, well, you know, it must be the same as being the one seed last year. They said, no, this year we're in the two seed lo- uh, locker room. So it's not, not as nice. We're in the two seed hotel. And I just started laughing because they were in our hotel. So I was looking at Holly Rowe and uh, Carol Lawson and Adam Amin and just thinking, what announce crew gets to stay at the one-seat hotel? Why are we at the two-seat hotel? But the two-seat hotel had good toilet paper origami. And what do you guys have to do better next year to get the one-seat right. hotel? <laughs> right, exactly. And, and is it even in our control? Can we have Can we have a great season and still the committee will put us in the two-seat hotel? I don't know. I'm going to go back to the grocery store where you you know inevitably choose the wrong line. I was at the grocery store yesterday trying to get as much food into our home as I can before before leaving for Tampa in the Final Four. I was there on a Monday morning, and 
it was packed, but it was packed with people restocking the shelves. There weren't a lot of the people there shopping. And when I went to checkout, there was not a single person in checkout, but there were two people working. So I went up to the line and I emptied my groceries and the woman, um, the cash, the cashier, uh, even said, she said, this is, this is weird. It's Monday mornings are usually like the weekends. They're usually really busy. And, um, but it's not today. And I was just thinking in my brain, that's because it's equaling out mine and Steve's karma. Like you always choose the wrong line. I just happen to go to the grocery when it's completely empty, but there are two people working at the checkout. That just tends to be how the universe balances us out. I'm not sure it's karma. Karma suggests that I deserve these, uh, these horrible circumstances at, at, groceries and airports and that you deserve the wonderful experiences that you have i, di- I didn't mean karma in that way i just meant it balances it ba- out. yeah it, the universe ends up balancing we complement each other in that way i suppose so well speaking of groceries and lines first of all i was in boston last week having lunch with friends of mine who are who live in london had flown in from london they were vacationing in boston for a few days and when I was going to meet them, I was behind some wide walkers. And I had forgotten how much I dislike because I don't live in a city anymore. I'm not Are often you, behind. You're not saying that people were wide and walking. No, they, you're they saying were, they were shoulder to it's, shoulder. It's the ambulatory version of man spreading, wide walking. Right, right. And, you know, a city sidewalk could probably hold Busy sidewalk. six people abreast. Mm-hmm. These were two people taking up the entire sidewalk just because they were wide walking. Their arms are moving. They're moving slowly. Sometimes they're, they're carrying bags and it yeah, makes the it spacing even worse. Is you, you yeah, the spacing, you would have to kind of turn sideways to get between them or past them. In in, in, a, in basketball, we would call that person a space eater. They were space eaters. They're we need space a space eaters. heater down here. <laughs> we have a space eater down here. You're calling me a space well, eater? Well, in basketball terms. Right? I would, no, I'm not a, I was never a space eater. Space eater is kind of the wide-bodied person. It's it's a way oh, right, to nicely sure, refer sure. to a person with a large frame. These people weren't wide-bodied; they were just wide walking. But they were still space eating. It was it was like, as they say, it's it's a pedestrian man spreading. Okay, um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, our friends gave me a tin of biscuits, tea time biscuits from Fortnum and Mason in London. They provide picnic baskets to the Queen and that sort of thing. They're right there on Not your friends, but they store. No, no, Fortnum and Mason. Right. It's uh, Fortnum's Tea Time Biscuits. They're little cookies that the kids were uh, devouring. We were all enjoying them. And while you were out of town, um, I was explaining this to our eight-year-old that um, they provide picnic baskets and food to the Queen in England. And our eight-year-old said... So if you go to Fortnum and Mason, I mentioned we walk past, our two older daughters and I have walked past their window and their shop window many times. And, um, and our eight-year-old said, so if you go there, you might see the queen in there buying these biscuits. And I said, no, you wouldn't see the queen in there. They would bring the biscuits to the queen. Uh, the queen doesn't physically shop there. And, and our eight-year-old said, why doesn't the queen physically shop there? And I said, because if she were to go in there, she would be, people would be trying to take her picture and trying to get her autograph and you know, trying to speak to her. And our eight-year-old said, so it would be like mom going to the grocery store. <laughs> and I said, well, not quite. Oh, but then before kid. I tried to <laughs> withdraw that, I said, yes, basically. The grocery store is, is a happy place for It's me. usually a haven for you. It is. I, people people at the grocery store generally want to talk about two things with me. This time of year, they want to ask me about the UConn women's basketball team. Or year-round, they want to tell me that uh, one of my parents taught them in school. 
So uh, the the grocery tends to be a happier place. Our eight year old was is upset with me these days a lot because I've been gone so much, and she's the one who it bothers the most when I'm gone. And the other night I was home just for the day, and um, I told her she had to take a bath, and she wasn't thrilled about that. But while she was in the bathtub, I was in the room next to her. And uh, I told her that we had to wash her hair, and she, she again, was not thrilled about that. And, and then she started to get an attitude, and she was saying things, and I wasn't answering her. And finally, like she, just as an 8-year-old, she already really knows how to push buttons. And um, I just hear her say, yeah, because all you want to do is iron your dresses and watch ball games on your iPad. <laughs> and so I walked into the bathroom, and I just looked at her, and I said, what did you just say? And she did like in in the movie Pretty Woman, where Julia Roberts just completely submerges herself underwater under the the bubbles. bubbles. There weren't bubbles in there, but she just looked at me and knew what she said was probably a little bit over the line and just completely submerged herself under the water. And when she came back up, I said, uh, I don't iron my dresses. And I just (laughs) walked back out. (laughs) And that was that. But... We, this this crazy time of the NCAA tournament, it is so much fun. It's 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 so exciting. And when it's over, uh, I'm going to be celebrating along with our eight-year-old. So she's no longer telling me all I do is iron my dresses and watch ball games on my iPad. Well, we made it up to her. We took her on Sunday to professional lacrosse at the Mohegan Sun, the New England Black Wolves, and the Rochester Nighthawks. The kids had a phenomenal time sitting up against the glass. There were two fights that blew their minds, and uh, they were I didn't banging realize on the that glass. there was fighting in lacrosse until the kids Major told League me lacrosse, about it after. There was nonstop music. They played music kind of like an 80s uh, heavy metal and um, pop hits playlist. It was fantastic. But walking around the casino floor to get to the arena... Our eight-year-old did say, whoa, look at that huge arcade. <laughs> you didn't tell her, go try to play one of the games and see what happens. Yeah, well, she probably could have gotten away with it. But the kids, they had an absolute blast at the lacrosse game. You said it was a, a great time. The best part was, and I imagine people do this when they go to basketball games or baseball games or football games, whatever. When our kids got home, I, I was not at the lacrosse game with you because I was in Albany for that UConn-Louisville game, but I got home before you did. And when you got home, the kids just went, grabbed lacrosse sticks, made goals out of whatever they could make Yard goals out of. Yard signs. That were, you know, when people do clean your gutters or, or our daughter has a high school uh, sports fundraiser, you have the little yard signs with the metal things. So somebody somebody gets the high ladder and, and takes the leaves out of your gutter, and then they leave the yard sign in the yard for gutter cleaning. And we usually leave those up for about six months, like right. we leave our Christmas wreath up. Eventually, you realize they're not coming back for the sign. You stick it in your garage. So we've got four or five of those signs in the garage. They put those. They put two of those signs up opposite each other, and, and those were the goals. Those are the goals. But I just loved it. The second they got home, they just couldn't wait to get out there and, and play lacrosse. Fortunately, they they have not gotten into fist fights yet, like they saw at the lacrosse game. But uh, our kids don't play lacrosse on teams. They play softball or baseball. But they are totally totally into lacrosse after seeing that Black Wolves game. And um, I think I don't think we took it to the lacrosse game because there were five of us in the car. But we were had an occasion the other day to drive my car somewhere. You've been driving my car. You leave my car at the airport. You take my car to ESPN. Um, you didn't because take my your car, car does not fit comfortably the entire family. So I, whenever I, I go somewhere for work, I leave you the mini. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but our listeners, our might listeners not. don't. So um, 
the kids were looking for something in the car and I said, I don't know. Mom's been driving this car recently and, I, and, and lately. And I said, you know how you can tell when mom's driving the car and it's, a, it's an easy memory and mnemonic device. If the, if the seat warmer is on three and the needle is on E, mom was driving. And I'm going to try to see maybe Tom, Dick, and Harry could turn that into a turn country song. song. But if, if, if the seat warmer is on three, I don't use the seat warmer. You crank it all the way up to uh, I do. hibachi. And, uh, and the needle is on E. You don't like to, to fill the car with gas. That's not true. I, I, I fill a car with gas regularly. I, I, I've been keeping the minivan almost always topped off with gas. But the other way to tell that mom's been driving the car is it doesn't have stuff in every cup holder. When I get out of the car, we've talked about this recently, I take all of the stuff out. So today when I drove the kids to school in the minivan, which you had last driven, all the cup holders were full of empty beverage containers. I, I don't, I don't so get beverages and drive them drive around. The kids do, and, and you don't make them take the stuff out. So it's it's the gas tank may be empty, but so are the cup holders, and they're nice and clean. So I guess it's a... Is it well, that's an even nice. trade-off? That's nice. If, if, I, if you ever uh, stall out on a dark country road late at night, some night, um, and you have a choice between having an empty gas tank or an empty cup holder, I would go with the uh, the empty cup holder or the empty gas. No, I would go with the... Uh, yeah, you should anyway, have stopped a while I should ago. have stopped. I don't know what I'm talking about. Shall we open the old curiosity shop? Let's open it. When the spawn meets world. Denny Gallagher, Denny with one N, and uh, shop with two P's. Denny is a very curious guy, curious in both senses of the word. He's got a lot of questions, and he's a bit bizarre. So this is Denny's curiosity shop. A happy Wednesday, writes Denny. Here are a few things for this week's shop. Since April Fool's Day was on Monday, what's the best April Fool's prank you have ever been a part of or witnessed? I cannot stand April Fool's pranks, but I loved them as a kid. Rebecca? I never liked them. I don't like them now. I didn't like them then, so I can't think of a good one that I you was You hate to be surprised. Of. I don't like being surprised. Yeah. So In fact, I, I, this is not answering this question, but I was surprised on April Fool's Day, which was last night as we record this, and that it wasn't an April Fool's joke. It was just spontaneous. As uh, you were you were in studio mm-hmm. till midnight or something, while I was getting our kids to bed, you know I'm leaving one, going to the other, and making the rounds, and I think I finally it's like whack a mole, and as I have one down, I go check on the other to see if that one is asleep yet, and so I tiptoed into our son's room, pitch darkness, to confirm that he was asleep, and as I was doing that. This voice in the darkness, his, says, Welcome to Moe's. <laughs> Scaring the ever-living daylight out of me and giving him a fit of giggles for the next five minutes. I like that. But it was that was had nothing to do with April Fool's. He no, no, it, 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 I don't think so. But, entertaining um, himself. But it, it could have been. It would have been a good April Fool's joke, If but it, it scared me. Second thing Denny's curious about, this past week Burger King rolled out the meatless Impossible Whopper. Would you try? Would you try the meatless Whopper? They've only rolled it out in certain Burger Kings in the St. Louis area, but there is a. People say that there's uh, amazing meat substitutes now, meatless meat, and uh, and they say you can't taste the difference between the meatless Whopper and the Whopper itself. Which I don't know if that speaks well of the Whopper. If I'm looking to eat a meatless meal, I'm not going to Burger King. So no, I probably wouldn't try. I haven't eaten a Whopper in ages, so I don't think I would eat a meatless Whopper either. I think if I want a Whopper, I probably want the one with the meat. And I, I love the Whopper Junior. We've talked about this on the show. The Whopper is too too large a circumference to eat while driving. 
Right. The, 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 Do they offer one meatless Whopper, Whopper Jr.? I, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't, but... Um, well, you know what? When I, I, I'll bring back the hotel we were staying in in Albany because Kara Lawson is vegan and uh, Holly Rowe does not eat a lot of meat either. And they both were raving about the veggie burger at this hotel. So I'll have to ask both of them, uh, you know, if they're driving along or they're somewhere and it's not easy to find a meatless option, I'll ask them if they would try the meatless Whopper. Finally, Denny writes, two men got on a flight recently with emotional support falcons. And he, be, he links to Twitter true. with a, uh, with a um, video of two men getting on a commercial flight with emotional support falcons. Would you rather be seated next to a guy with an emotional support dog, pig, cello, or falcon, Denny asks. I, I would least like the falcon because the falcon can take flight in flight. Now you've got You've got a, a flying cage. object within a flying object. Doesn't I, I it wouldn't have like to be that. in a cage? These weren't caged. What were they, like tethered to their wrist? I, they, I, they, were, they were perched I, on the I can't Falconers. imagine that's true. I'm, I'm going to need to see the link that Denny sent I'll, with that. I'll, but if I'll I, send you the link. If I had to choose between an emotional support, support dog, pig, falcon, or cello. I'd go um, with a cello myself. I've, I have been next to somebody with a, an emotional support dog. So I think I would, uh, it was a little tiny thing that looked like the human was the one providing emotional support but um i think i'd go with the the dog i once had an emotional support falcon you did it was Dion sanders <laughs> oh gosh okay everybody's in a hurry here the listeners are in a hurry you're in a hurry uh let's get to viewer mail shall we we shall Big bad look, throw our lure in with your viewer mail we haven't mentioned the ball and chain bracket challenge yet. In the men's bracket, we both entered uh, the, the ball and chain bracket challenge. I filled out our men's bracket. You filled out our women's bracket. That's correct. Right? Yes. Okay. So out of 100 or so entries in the men's bracket challenge, I am 68th. Or we are 68th, though you've had nothing to do with it. And I prefer to say that you are 68th. Yes. Well, in first place right now and looking good because he or she has Virginia as the national champion is oh my oh my Eichen bracket e i k e n oh my Eichen bracket maybe it's oh my Eichen bracket but I, I I get the pun and I like it okay um, and in the women's bracket our women's bracket filled out by you is out of a hundred plus entries we were in seventh place that's pretty good so better than the sixty eighth for the men's but number one and also sitting pretty has UConn winning the national championship is Mama Prue. Ah, Mama Prue. Mama Prue. And last week, Mama Prue was number one after the Sweet 16, and you suggested that perhaps Mama Prue was also, at the time, second place amateur baker. Yes, I did And thinking that, that perhaps Prue Leith of the Great British Bake Off was Mama Prue. Yes. Well, we have our first viewer mail is head, headed Prue Leith Conspiracy, and it's from Cindy Prue, P R O. U-L-X, like, like Annie Prue, the, the author of Brokeback Mountain. Mm -hmm. Cindy Prue, a.k.a. Mama Prue, writes, uh, she uh, loyal listener to the podcast, says nice things about that. She says, we are big UConn women's basketball fans in our house. I'm a UConn alum, class of 88. I'm class of 88. We, are generally, we generally make the drive down from Massachusetts to Gamble at least once a year to watch a game and watch as many games as we can on TV when they're televised up here. My 14-year-old daughter dreams of playing basketball at UConn despite her fully grown height of four feet, 
10 and 3 quarters inches. <laughs> okay. While listening to the latest episode, I was thrilled to learn I am currently tied for first for the position of resident bracketologist for the women's pool. Now I believe she's in sole possession of first place. I made my picks last week, but have been too busy to follow up to see how I was doing. I assure you that the Mama Pru entry, the, phonet the phonetic spelling of my often mispronounced last name, was the only bracket I picked. There is no conspiracy involving Pruleith. Besides, could Pruleith really call herself an amateur baker? <laughs> Keep potting Cindy Pru, a.k.a. Mama Pru. All right, well, good luck, Cindy Pru. I'm, uh, I'm guessing... You said she has UConn winning it all? Well, we'll yes, see. Yes, she does. If, if, if they do win it all, then she will have won the bracket challenge. I'm going to come. And she's also six spots ahead of ahead of your bracket. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Congratulations to her. And uh, on the men's side, she's probably 60 or so ahead of yours. Um, this came via Twitter, which is at Ball and Chain Pod. And this came from our friend Carl, who said, while I... Never, I've never seen a cow on a golf practice range before. I have always enjoyed aiming for the cart, picking up the balls. Probably something wrong with me that I get a kick out of actually hitting the cart. Uh, I know exactly what he's talking about when you're on the driving range and the guy who's driving the cart that has a cage all around it that's picking up the balls. The tractor. The tractor. I, I think everyone aims for that when it's out there, don't they? Absolutely. And There's you know, nothing wrong with you. That's, that's, you're supposed to aim for, aim for that cart. I'm going to f uh, flip through viewer mail here. I, I just have them stacked randomly. But but uh, Dr. Gary Siegel writes in with the uh, the aim something about the aiming bit. Um, he writes, let me find, as a gynecologist, uh, oh, he, oh, our resident gynecologist, of course, uh, Dr. Gary Siegel says, uh, Rebecca, since I do not play golf, I also find it inexplicable, inexplicable as to why there would be a life-size cow model in the middle of a driving range. However, targets for men's urinals offer so much. They existed long before Pong and Duck Hunt and allowed and still allow gentlemen to aim and shoot. As a gynecologist, I'm not really certain that, medically speaking, a similar setup could be had for women. In that regard, I do understand why you commented on the lack of targets in the ladies' rooms. Lastly, I would be honored to deliver, to deliver your son's three months pregnant basketball. We mentioned last week that our <laughs> son's rubber basketball has a bulge in it. Closer to its due date, after changing the light bulbs in the garage and taking the minivan for an oil change as well. We may as well uh, we may as well read <laughs> may as well read the rest of Dr. Siegel's uh, email. Steve, he writes, I am in total agreement with your insight regarding lettuce. We need more iceberg. That was basically my plea last week. We need more iceberg lettuce. Did you and get any, did you get any while you were I at didn't. the grocery store? And Dr. Siegel writes, I also enjoy romaine. Everything else is in a term that I have coined, funky lettuce. <laughs> and, and it is generally not suitable for much of anything. Lastly, might I suggest that when you visit Costco, you pick up a couple of gallons of milk. It's half as expensive as it is at the grocery and generally has a great expiration date. Try it. With warmest regards, Gary, and he provides me with a to-do list below the uh, signature. Pregnant basketball, Costco milk, iceberg lettuce. Can I just say how much I love the fact that a man that we've never met, but I feel like we've come to know, has offered to deliver our three months pregnant basketball. That is the life that we lead as part of ball and chain. <laughs> well, we will, uh, we will have to get Dr. Siegel in basement at some point. Um, Matthew. You know Matthew. Matthew Bartleson. Matthew Bartleson, yes. So, Matthew writes, I don't have an Uber driver confession. We had an Uber confession already on the program, so that's fine. But I do have an Uber driver situation. Uh-oh. I was out enjoying a few libations the other night, I bet he was, and needed an Uber home. My drink of choice is a refreshing vodka soda lime or just plain flat water in the summer. Anyway, I can see a car in the distance that looks like a Passat. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. 
that looks like a Passat, and it's in front of a, gar a garage, a car garage, like an auto mechanic's garage. There were a lot of cars waiting to be fixed and other things that would, one would find in front of a garage. As I get closer to the car and see that I have the right license plate, I head to the back passenger door. Yes, I too always get in the back of an Uber. Just as I get to the door, I see this large man walking swiftly to the car. He goes, Matt, is that you? I've driven you before. Sorry, I had to take a leak. Confused, I said, do you live here? Driver just gives me a nod, and I thought to myself, self? Driver just jumped out of his car, walked into the parking lot, did his business, and got back in like it was nothing. Here's the best part. I was at a bar with a bathroom in it. He could have just gone in there. Go Huskies, Matthew writes. I was in Albany, and I loved getting to scream Lou after all seven of those made threes. I thought he was going to say Louisville, but... I can't believe uh, he was in Albany, and I didn't have a chance to meet him in person and say hello, but... Uh, well, he says in here he is the managing partner slash GM of a craft beer bar and poutinery. Ah, Poutinery. Yes, we've talked about poutine on this before. I didn't but know we've there was never, such we've a thing as a poutinery. Well, of but, course it's okay. a poutinery. Well, I am I, disappointed that I didn't get a chance to say hello to Matt. But I do like the fact that uh, not only was his driver relieving himself in a parking lot, but he recognized Matt and had driven him before. <laughs> Matt, of course, after having had several... Uh, vodka sodas and limes didn't recognize the driver right <laughs> uh but but matt i think it may be the first uh uh viewer mailer certainly not counting any of our medical professionals to offer return swag uh from his craft beer uh, bar and poutinery so oh yeah, well, we'll definitely forward. need to we'll take, definitely him, up take him up on that and um thank you matt we'll, we'll get you uh a P.O. Box. Well, about once a year, we end up in that part of New York for a kids' AAU tournament. So we'll, maybe we can also find out where his bar is, because if it's anywhere near where our kids will be playing basketball, we can go and have a, what was the drink he said? Vodka, soda, lime, or flat water in the summer. There you go. Well, it'll be the summer, so it would have to be flat water. Okay, uh, Margaret writes, uh, on today's podcast, a listener recommended adding a book segment to Ball and Chain. So here goes. We've, we have the Ball and Chain Bracket Challenge, and we have the Ball and Chain Book Club now. Anything that, that, that can be a B and C, B, C. I love the idea of the Ball and Chain Book Club, the B, C squared. The B, C squared. E equals B, C squared. There you go. Entertainment equals B, C squared. Um, we could also have, you know, the B and C what? the Muggle Championship or something and, and um, barbecue cook -off. I'm sure that would go over well. I'm sure. So anyway, Margaret, <laughs> Margaret recommends, uh, recently read What Made Maddie Run? The Secret Struggles and Tragic Death of an All-American Teen by Kate Fagan. Maddie was a star athlete, track and soccer in high school, who died by suicide during her freshman year at Penn. At Penn. State, right? Oh, Penn. Yeah. Yeah. While the book's main message centers on the struggle of young people suffering from mental illness like depression, it also sheds light on the overwhelming pressures of being a collegiate scholar-athlete. These pressures like no longer being the best athlete on the team, the substantial time commitment, often result in the athlete quitting the sport they once loved playing. Question for you, Rebecca. Your kids are still young, but do either of you, you worry that the sports your children currently love playing will one day be seen as more of a burden to them, that their sport is no longer fun for them? Unfortunately, I feel that the pressures are now trickling down to the high school levels and perhaps earlier with travel teams. Rebecca, did you see a shift in how much you enjoyed playing basketball as you reached new, more pressure-filled levels of the game? How can we keep the sense of fun Thanks, Margaret. She writes, P.S. Judge read the news on Tennessee coach Holly Warlick being fired. Thoughts? But let's go with the uh, the earlier questions. Yeah, well, that's a tough one. I think that's one of the, the, the biggest questions you have as a parent of kids who play sports is to make sure that they uh, are enjoying themselves. But at the same time, you don't want them to stop playing 
just when they reach the point where sports also require hard work because that's part of it too. You want your kid to learn how to work hard. You want them to learn how to compete. You want them to learn how to fail and channel that failure into um, trying to be successful the next time. But at the same time, you want them, you know, the, the, the biggest reason to play is because you really enjoy it. So I, th- I think that's one of the, the, the lines that you walk. And I remember having a lot of struggles. The first time I really struggled with basketball was my first two years at UConn and had a really hard time with it because Coach Oriama was so demanding. But at the same time, once I really learned how to work hard, how much more rewarding it became my last two years there when I put more into it and therefore got the benefits of it. But I stepped away from basketball for, you know, after the Olympics in 1996. Um, I didn't play. I took a few months off just because I needed to like basketball again. It had gotten to the point where I did not enjoy going to practice. I didn't enjoy playing. It was not something I enjoyed doing. Uh, But fortunately, I was at a place in my life where I could take a break from it, rejuvenate, uh, re-energize, and come back and love it again. But... uh, but I was 22 years old and able to handle that situation. It's a lot harder for, for young kids. But, um, but yeah, I think that's got to be one of the, you know, the struggles when you have kids and, and, and you're trying to figure out, you know, you know how much work it takes to be really good at something. But if they don't love it and don't want to put that work in, you have to accept that. And that's already happening with some of our kids in some sports or some extracurricular activities. I mean, they're so overscheduled and there's so many stresses of just – everything being organized and supervised by an adult you pay a fee and you get a uniform instead of just unstructured play go out there and play that was the beauty of the kids playing lacrosse on their own with yard signs this weekend i wish they would have more of that Uh, but while we're speaking of book clubs uh, matt edwards at storm surge on twitter uh, tweeted us today b and c book club complete with a blurb from steve and he encloses a picture of two books evidently reading uh uh ripe for the b and c book club Ali, A Life by Jonathan Eig, this this 500-page uh, biography of Muhammad Ali that I'm reading right now, and Caddyshack by Chris Nashawadi, a, a book about the making of and impact of Caddyshack, which I blurbed on the back. So um, perfect. Uh, Do you have any idea books. how many books I've you blurbed. have blurbed over the course uh, of your life? Many more books than I than I actually possess. I used to get a copy of the book that I blurbed but no I have a few books on my desk right now or nightstand that I've been asked to blurb and I know how much work goes into a book and I'm always always grateful when I receive a blurb so I try to blurb the books that I enjoy in return and I've never noticed word, what it? a weird word that was until you just said it 10 times in the span of 30 seconds but blurb is that's an extraordinary word and, and what a weird word and, to refer to something that's literary a and, blurb right and i've just thought of it now but blurb as a verb is a pretty pretty interesting thing as well so it's both a noun and a verb but but it reminds me of the the, the bird 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 is the word right. well, blurb, the, blurb 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 as a verb I, I think we can't use that word enough whether it's a noun or a verb blurb 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 i agree let's uh, let's uh uh, move ahead with viewer mail. Rebecca and Steve, happy NCAA tournament time in Godocks. In case you've missed it, we're the only school in the country to place both our women's and men's team in the Sweet 16. Well, now they can say uh, they had them both in the uh, Elite Eight and won in the Final Four. Yeah. As you spoke of driving your kids to various places, I was reminded of the times 15 years ago when I would drive my kids around in the parent van of our time, a 1996 Plymouth Voyager in teal. Remember when everything was teal oh, in the mid-90s? Of course, yes. We were excited because it was the new sleek version and we were styling. It always seemed like I was hauling a van full of boys or girls to sports practices, games, each other's houses, etc. This is what we're living in right now. Yeah. 
In fact, as I reflect, I was sort of like the 90s version of an Uber driver because unlike me, the kids knew that no one sat in the front by mom and so they'd load up and off we'd go. What amazed me was how freely the kids would talk in the van. Anything worth knowing, I learned in the van. Believe it or not, the boys would talk about anything and everything. It was just as if I wasn't even in the van. Our son and daughter, who both mastered the monosyllabic answer, regardless of the question, became chatty Cathy's with his or her friends. Unfortunately, this only lasted with our son until he started high school. Thankfully, my daughter honed her skills in ignoring us when she hit high school, and we were still hauling her when it came to distance because she will only drive where she feels totally comfortable. Isn't that true, though? There's, there's almost like the limousine window that comes up between the driver's seat and the back seat, and the kids do talk much more freely than they would to you directly if you weren't uh, if you weren't driving. I've noticed that as well. There was a, a couple of years ago when I was coaching one of our kids' school basketball teams, we would practice at a gym off-site, and it would be about a 10-minute drive there, and the minivan would be full twice a week. I'd be driving the kids there, and that was absolutely the case. They would just talk about whatever was happening in school, about teachers, about their friends, whatever, and uh, you absolutely, absolutely learn the most by chauffeuring those kids around. As Sherry, our resident Oregon Ducks expert, also thanks you, Rebecca, for your wonderful tweets taking us behind the curtain of just how much preparation, time, and effort goes into um, creating excellence from start to finish on the ESPN coverage of the women's tournament. I'm going to interject quickly because between now and our next podcast, the women's final four will happen. Um, Friday, uh, Oregon plays Baylor and UConn plays Notre Dame. We've got four really, really good and exciting and fascinating teams in the Final Four this year. And um, that Oregon team, they take a ton of threes. They're kind of like the Golden State Warriors. They take a ton of threes. Um, They were the number one, um, had the number one three-point field goal percentage in the country this year. Sabrina Ionescu, 18 career double-double, I'm sorry, 18 career triple-doubles, and she's only a junior, although she is eligible for the WNBA draft. And they're going against Baylor, a team that took the fewest amount of threes in the country this year. They pounded inside to big players. And then, of course, there's UConn and Notre Dame, the best rivalry in women's college basketball. But this is going to be, it could be another epic Final Four. Last year was the most exciting Final Four I've ever been a part of with all those buzzer beaters and overtime games. And um, there's high hopes for what the Final Four could be this year in Tampa. Um, we're going to have to move ahead here because we've got some great uh, uh, home repair and to-do list suggestions here. Uh, Lori writes, FYI, that rubber stopper in the toilet is called a, any guesses, Rebecca? A blurb. It's called a flapper. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, the, this right. Denny, this episode is going to be entitled Blurbs and Flappers. <laughs> or, or the flapper in your crapper. <laughs> no, or that. That rubber stopper in the toilet is called a flapper. That information may help you when you write away for a replacement. If you Google, Steve, because we know Rebecca requires BNC listeners to Google on her behalf, if you Google your brand of toilet, you can probably find a replacement part online, likely on Amazon. Personally, I live in a house built in 1948 and have the luxury of a plumbing parts store called Teeter's Faucet Parts Center in my neighborhood. They carry parts for every old plumbing fixture ever made. So if you come up empty on the World Wide Web, just let me know so I can send that part you need from here in Dallas, Texas. FYI, I will be in your part of the country in a couple of weeks and could bring the part to you. Of course, that is after the Baylor Lady Bears win the natty in Tampa, Sikkim. And Lori adds, sends a second email to say, and one other thing, it's not pickle loaf, it's olive loaf. 
At least I think that's what Steve is remembering, and she's absolutely right. In fact, after we recorded last week's podcast, but when it was too late to change anything, I uh, realized, of course, it was olive loaf, that, that nasty square of uh, lunch meat that you use the whole punch to punch the pieces of olive, not pickle out of. And the phrase olive loaf conjures up a completely different image to me than right. pickle and, loaf. And I do know the, uh, the brand of our, our toilet, by the way. It is, it is Toto. So perhaps we can go on Amazon and find a Toto. The thing about Toto Slapper. is when somebody mentions Toto, you don't know if they're referring to the dog, right. the band, right. or the toilet. Right. So confusing when you're, when you're buying a Do flapper online. Me. Put in Toto flapper and see which one of those three things comes up, especially if you hit on images. Hello, Rebecca and Steve. Regarding Christmas decorations, many years ago, a group of friends with no kids yet and way too much free time printed up tickets for a seasonal inappropriateness and went around sometime in April ticketing our friends who still had reindeer, dead wreaths, lights, etc. It was hilarious. Regarding to-do and to-don't lists, I don't know if you can share this on your PG-rated podcast, but our house has two types of lists as well. Everyone has a running to-do list where items get crossed off and added as we go, but we also have a single list entitled S-Jobs. If anyone completes one of those, they get a reward from Duncan. Examples of those S-jobs include brushing out the lint tubing on the dryer, vacuuming out the minivan, and clearing out the file cabinet where we keep a year's worth of bills. Nobody wants to do these jobs, teens or adults, but they need to be done, hence the name and the bribe slash reward. I love that idea. I I would have to find a way to reward you because I I think our kids are too little to climb the ladder and do the lint part of the dryer, but... uh... This, This suggestion comes from Jen with two N's. Ah. In Connecticut with two N's. Thank you, Jen. We go from Jen with two N's to John with one N and no H. Steve, for the record, Handyman was written by Jimmy Jones and the great Otis Blackwell and originally was a hit for Jones, circa 1960. I also enjoy James Taylor's version, despite the fact that one critic said it is so laid back as to be almost somnolent. Del Shannon also successfully covered it in the 80s. So we talked about me being a handyman of the James Taylor variety. I fix broken hearts. I know that I truly can With regard to books, John writes, I recently assigned myself the task of making my way through Proust's In Search of Lost Time, a.k.a. Remembrance of Things Past, much as I ignored my assigned readings one semester in college to make it through War and Peace. I mention this only because it seems that almost every male character in Proust sports a monocle. It's mentioned in some Proustian detail in Volume 2. In addition, in the new Netflix show The Umbrella Academy, one of the main clues in the murder of one of the characters is the fact that his monocle is missing. So I think we were right when we talked about the world is right for the monocle to come back, don't you think, sure. Rebecca? Mm-hmm. No, you don't think so. Yeah. He recommends uh, War and Peace and the Brothers Karamazov. He has a thing for the Russians with R-U-S-S-I-A-N-S, um, uh, but can't recommend in good consciousness the Proust. That is a bit of a slog, and I think it is famously a, a major slog. That comes from John in West Hartford. Thank you, John. Ralph writes, Hi, Restiva. Biscuits are the same as crackers in the UK. Funny he should say that. We have we just talked about Fort biscuits. Mason biscuits. They're sort of a between a cracker and a cookie. I, I would, would say. consider more of a cookie. More of the a ones cookie that we got. Yeah, a digestive, a digestive, the digestive biscuits as they call them on uh, on British Airways. Anyway, and one product not seen in the U.S. anymore is the Unita biscuit. I mean, one of the great brand names of all time. The Unita biscuit. U N E E D A. Capital U N E E D A. Unita biscuit. I don't remember You Need a Biscuit. Well, this was like from the 40s, but I mean, You Need okay. a Biscuit. What a great what a great name. What a great slogan, yes. I am perhaps blessedly unfamiliar with the other product, referring to chicken in a biscuit. Uh, ooh, 
we have we have finally this is our last viewer Did mail. Did you just give me an uh ooh. Yes, we have. Well, it's it's always <laughs> delight a delight to see this name in the inbox. And it comes from Harold Markley, aka Hari oh, of Tom Hari. Dick and Harry. Hello, Hari. Hi, Restiva. Hari replies. Thanks to listener Ed for the kind words about our jingles. We had a viewer mail last week about um, about uh, the the wonderful music that Tom Dick and Harry provide the podcast. TDH Harry writes has been in our typical winter hibernation. With the warming weather, we are soon about to resume practicing to prepare for our upcoming June gigs. Now, Tom Dick and Harry they they like like the the uh, the bears that they are. They they go into a cave over the winter, hibernate, drink double IPAs and come out bearded and uh, and ready to rock in the spring. Harry's not writing this. I'm just saying this. Harry writes, mark your calendars for June 5th at the Lynn Lake Brewery in the uptown area of Minneapolis. Also, we're excited to be opening for the legendary Minneapolis band, the Flamin' O's, on Thursday, June 27th in Mears Park in downtown St. Paul as a part of the Lower Town Sound Summer Series. I can't believe they're opening for the Flamin' O's. That's I, awesome. I can't believe it either. We have Uptown and Lower Town covered, Harry writes. Maybe we will get a gig downtown, too. Take care, Harry. And I think with that missive from Harry, it's the perfect time to have Tom, Dick, and... Harry. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity. To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane